Hello and welcome to This Day Rocks from Vintage Rock Pod, the ultimate classic rock podcast. I release a new episode every single day, and as always, I thank you for hitting play. Now, today is November the 20th, and on this day in 1976, Saturday Night Live featured a fantastic performance when George Harrison and Paul Simon shared the stage. They performed Homeward Bound and Here Comes the Sun. On this day in 1970, Ray Davies must have been uh, having a bit of deja vu as he flew home to London to re-record another section of one of his songs. Famously, he did this a few years earlier with Lola. This time he had to re-record a line from their latest single, Ape Man. The line was, The air pollution is fogging up my eyes. Radio stations refused to play the song as they claimed, Fogging sounded like another F-word. On this day in 1994, David Crosby received a liver transplant. And on this day in 1992, L7 lead singer Donna Sparks stripped naked from the waist down, yep, during a live performance on British TV show The Word, a very famous clip now, as you can imagine. Host Terry Christian did not know what to do at the end. But for today's show, we're remembering a huge Beatles anthem from 1968 and a song that it kept off the top spot. Hey Jude. Yes, on this day in 1968, the number one song on the Billboard chart in the US was the iconic Beatles song Hey Jude. A non-album single, it became the group's first release on their Apple record label and became the biggest selling single of the year in the UK, the US, Australia and Canada. Now, I'd love to say, here's a clip of my interview with Paul McCartney, but yeah, that's not going to happen really, is it? But as the song was number one for nine whole weeks in the US, at that point it was the joint longest serving number one single, a lot of other great songs missed out on the Billboard top spot. One of these came from the crazy world of Arthur Brown. His single Fire, which did top the charts in most countries around the world, found itself pipped by Hey Jude. And I did speak with Arthur Brown, who explained, despite missing out on the number one spot, why it became such a big hit in the United States. We had all those, you know, the DJs that helped. Uh, Hendrix went around and... Uh, what were called in those days the black stations and he threw it on the table and said play this and so they did and of course I was wearing makeup so nobody knew who I was or what I looked like but if Hendrix said play it they'd play it and and uh, so it, it sold in vast quantities in markets that would norm- and and actually when Lambert and Stamp went over there they first presented it to the underground stations because they thought, oh, we're bound to play it. They said, nah, our audience over here isn't going to buy that, basically. And uh, so so Lambert went to the uh, more middle-of-the-road commercial stations and said, uh, we've got this novelty record. <laughs> and so they promoted it as a novelty record. <laughs> and, of course, then... Then it got out on the radio, and then the uh, the perception of it in those days, uh, where in America, you know, religion is still a very yes. immediate topic of conversation, and so when they heard that, they were burning it and all of this, and of course they were playing it in. Um, There's one guy we knew who had been uh, invalided out of Vietnam. And he said that in the uh, the time of the war, in the front line, 
the government to send them down giant PAs to drown out the sounds of the bombs coming in, you know. And um, they used eight or ten tracks, and fire was one of the tracks they used to drown out the sound uh, so that they could not go crazy with the uh, the tension and the, you know, whatever else. So it, it went all over the place, that record, at a time when in France, of course, there was the... Uh, the revolution came, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it, it was a, a record of that time. Yes, absolutely. It was an incredible hit, as you say. It was number one here. It was, I think, it was number two in America. It was just behind the Beatles or something like that. So it's not, it's not a bad band to be stuck behind. To be fair, it's not like it's Mr. Blobby or Joe Dolce <laughs> or something. <laughs> the brilliant Arthur Brown there. Check out my full interview with him on a recent episode of Vintage Rock Pod, episode seventy-six. But that's it for November the 20th. No, this day rocks tomorrow, as it's a big interview show. And I've got to chat with a man who is part of a band who sold over 60 million records worldwide. So until then, take care. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.